0: Well, good morning, Destiny Church. Welcome once again to church in your living room or whatever room of the house that you're in. I just want to say thank you again for welcoming us into your home. Whether you've been a lifelong member of Destiny Church or you're tuning in for the very first time, we're honored that you'd invite us into your home and that you would tune in to worship the Lord and to receive God's word together. Even though we're not together, In a physical space, we've gathered together in this online space as the people of God to worship our great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, to exalt His name, to worship Him, and to receive His Word today. So if you have your Bibles, I would invite you to open with me to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4. We are in a series going through the book of Acts. And what we found is that even though we started this series before this crisis, that even in the midst of this crisis, this book of the Bible, the book of Acts, continues to speak to us today. And what we're going to find is that we're continuing on a story that we started a few weeks ago, that this is the fourth part of this story. And what we saw in weeks prior was that Jesus performed this amazing miracle through his apostles. Peter and John, through him, through them, Jesus healed this lame man. And Peter and John shared the gospel. They preached about Jesus. They, they told of the power that comes only through Jesus. And then last week we saw that Peter and John were arrested because of their preaching. And that they were charged and warned, you may not preach anymore in Jesus' name. That there was this violent opposition that was arising against the gospel. And and they had threatened Peter and John saying, you cannot tell anybody else about Jesus. And so today we're going to look at how the apostles responded. How did they respond to this hardship, this difficulty, this trial, this test that they were in. And what we are gonna find today is that it's not just about how they responded, but how they responded instructs us 2,000 years later as the church, how we should respond as we right now find ourselves in the midst of a test, in the midst of a trial, in the midst of hardship. So it's not just about how they responded, but their response instructs us on our response. And so I know that wherever you're at today, that God's word is living, that it's active, and that God is going to speak to you in this time, in this season, that his word has been given to us and is profitable to us, and it's gonna be a blessing to you today. So Acts chapter four is where we're going to be, and we are going to jump right in today in verse 23. It says, when they were released, they were imprisoned, they were put on trial, they were warned not to speak in the name of Jesus. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when their friends heard it, they lifted up their voices together and they prayed to God and said, Sovereign Lord who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, that you said by the Holy Spirit, why do the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. Verse 27, for truly in this city While you stretch out your hand and heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that your word speaks to us here today. Lord, that your word through the centuries has continued to instruct and to lead and to guide your people. Lord, your word is living and it is active. Lord, these aren't just words on the page, Lord, they're they're alive and, and they're being planted in our hearts today. So Lord, just as you've been faithful to your bride, your church, Throughout the centuries, Lord, we know that you're going to be faithful to us, your bride, the church, in this time and in this season that we find ourselves in. Lord, we know that you will be faithful to us, but God, our prayer is through this time that we would be faithful to you. Lord, that just as the apostles were faithful to proclaim your word with boldness, Lord, what it is that you have for us in this time and in this season, Lord, that we would be faithful in that as well father speak to our hearts today and let us live for you in jesus name amen four things i want to point out to you today four things from this text and the first thing is in verse 24 and that is when they were released from prison when they had been warned when they had been threatened what did they do when they faced this hardship and this difficulty where did they go Who did they turn to? What did they do? The first thing they did is they went to their friends and they prayed. The first thing that they did when they faced hardship, difficulty, troubled times is they went to their friends and they prayed. They got their friends together and they went to the Lord In prayer. And we need to know that when troubled times comes come in our lives, that where do we go? We go to the Lord. We turn to the Lord. I cannot overemphasize this enough. That prayer is not just what they did, prayer is what we must be doing right now in this season. Listen, as we're facing this pandemic, as we're facing this test and this trial and this hardship we must like the apostles learn from their example we must go to the lord in prayer this is a time and a season where where god is drawing us his people to himself and we respond by going to the lord in prayer they called on their friends they got them together listen even though we can't gather together physically, we can gather together spiritually. We can call on our friends. We can reach out to brothers and sisters in Christ. We can call on them and encourage them and pray with them. Or if you are discouraged, call on your friends and say, hey, will you just pray with me? We gather our families together for prayer. I would encourage every family to be gathering together for prayer every night or sometime during the day. Take time every day in this this season, in this test, where we're quarantined, where where everything's on lockdown, where the economy is is, is unsure, where we're, we're standing somewhat on shaky ground, that we go to the Lord in prayer, that we gather our families to pray Together Now listen, I've got four small children. The oldest is eight. When we gather our family together for prayer, we're not praying for an hour. We're not praying for 30 minutes. I'm happy if we even make it five minutes right now with our family. But we're gathering our family to pray. When we gather around the dinner table, after dinner, we're, we're spending time in God's word and we're spending time in prayer listen this is what God's people do the people of God when troubled times come we turn to the Lord in prayer I want to encourage you to be doing that listen if, if you live alone you can turn to the Lord in prayer you can call on a friend it doesn't have to be long It doesn't have to be a 30-minute thing. It can be three minutes. Listen, God can do more in three minutes of prayer than we can do in 30 years of worrying. The book of Philippians chapter 4, it says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. In troubled times, we must go to the Lord in prayer. It is what we do as Christians The second thing I want to show you is that they trusted in the sovereignty of God. As they turned to the Lord in prayer and they lifted up their voices together, they called out to the sovereign Lord. They trusted in the purpose, the plan, the sovereignty of God. What does it mean that God is sovereign? As they address him, they begin to unfold this and unpack this. They address him, the sovereign Lord, who created the heavens and the earth. That God, you are our God, and and you are the creator God, and you are all powerful. You are all knowing, Lord, that you have a plan and a purpose. That nothing, God, is outside of your control. The earth you have created and the sea and everything in them because you are the sovereign Lord. It means that our God is the king and that he is king over all and that he sits on the throne and rules over all nations, all times, all peoples, every single circumstance. Nothing is outside of the control of God Almighty. They trusted in the sovereign plan and purpose of God. Listen, it means that God's plan and purpose will be accomplished. The fact that God is sovereign, it means that his plan and his purpose will be accomplished. And as they go on to talk about how God's sovereign plan has unfolded. They talk about how the, the people have come against Jesus. They talk about how the rulers, the, the king uh, in Jerusalem and, the, and, and, and Pontius Pilate from Rome, how they conspired together, together. These world powers came against Jesus and they put Jesus to death. But in their prayer, they say, God, They were working, they thought they were working against you, but they were only accomplishing what you had predestined to take place. Though in their wicked and evil hearts, they thought they were working against your plan and purpose. Little did they know that they were actually accomplishing your plan and your purpose And what this shows us is that even what the enemy means for evil, that God is so good and God is so powerful and God is so in control that God takes what the enemy means for evil and he works it for the good of his people and for the glory of his name. And so we can boldly declare that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. That what the enemy means for evil in our world, and certainly the enemy means for evil, this coronavirus, this COVID-19, this economic collapse. Certainly the enemy means it for evil, but what we as God's people know is that it is not beyond the control of God. That it's not that God's plan or purpose has failed. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors because God will take even what the enemy means for evil, that God is even so big and so grand and so vast and so glorious that even he can redeem the fallen state of our world and take these horrible things and work them into his good and righteous and holy and perfect plan. Listen, this coronavirus, it did not come out of the blue It is not a shock to God. No, it's actually a part of his plan because he is in control and he is sovereign. Just as the the crucifixion of Jesus, the most horrific act in the history of mankind as humanity united themselves against God and put the author of life on a cross and tried to kill him and did kill him, that even in that, On the other side is resurrection, that God's plan and purpose is so much bigger than the failures and the faults of humanity, that man's failures and our broken world, they do not thwart the purposes of God. Do you trust in the sovereignty of God? Do you trust that no matter what comes your way, God's plan and purpose will be accomplished? Do you trust in the sovereignty of God today? I want to encourage you to to trust in God's perfect will and God's perfect plan and God's perfect purpose. That God is in control today. Trust in his sovereignty. You know, there are a lot of unknowns that we face right now. I wish I could tell you that in two weeks all of this is going to be over and that we can come back together and gather for worship. How I desperately long to gather the people of God and to gather with the people of God and exalt the name of God. And I wish I could say that in two weeks we could do it or in a month that we could do it. Listen, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know how long this is going to take. I don't know what, what our world is going to look like on the other side of this, uh, this crisis. I, I do not know. And there are so many unknowns, but listen, listen to me carefully. What we know as God's people is so much greater than what we don't know. What we Know as the people of God is so much greater than the unknowns. And what we know is that God has a plan and God has a purpose and his plan and his purpose will be accomplished. Yes, there are unknowns, but what I know is greater than what I do not know. And in that I rest in that i find peace and security and comfort for my soul so number one they gathered together with their friends and they took their petition before the lord they went to the lord in prayer number two they trusted in the good the perfect the sovereign plan of god the third thing i want to show you from this passage is in verse 29 And in verse 29, as they prayed, they said, Now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. And Lord, that you would stretch out your hand and heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of Jesus. It's so curious to me what they pray for. They do not come to the Lord and say, Lord, would you please silence the threats? Lord, those who are opposing us and persecuting us, Lord, would you deal with them and move them out of the way? No, they do not pray for God to change the external circumstance. Instead, they pray that they would remain faithful in the midst of the trial. And this is because they trust in the sovereignty of God. And the third point is that prayer changes us, not God. Prayer changes us, not God. Sometimes we think that prayer is how we get God to do what we want. Sometimes we think that prayer is how we change God's will and align God's will with our will. But that is not the purpose of prayer. In fact, Jesus taught us to pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yet so many times when we come to the Lord in prayer, we say, God, this is what I want. Lord, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Here's my will. My will be done. My kingdom come. No, that is not the purpose of prayer. You know, this is Holy Week and Friday we're celebrating Good Friday and next Sunday we'll be celebrating Easter Resurrection Sunday. And and on that evening before Good Friday, that, that Thursday evening, as Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane and as he was about to approach the cross, he enters into what? Well, an intense time of prayer. When we face trouble, when we face trial, when we face circumstances that that are pressing upon us, what do we do? What do God's people do? We go to the Lord in prayer. And so Jesus goes to the Father in prayer. And it is, I believe, probably the most intense time of prayer there has ever been. As it says, he prayed with such fervency and intensity, that his sweat turned to blood, that he prayed so hard, he labored so hard in prayer that he began to sweat drops of blood. And in Matthew chapter 26, verse 38, it says he went to his disciples and he said to them, my soul is consumed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and pray with me. So just as the apostles in the future, they they gather with their friends in a time of trouble and they go to the Lord in prayer. So Jesus as well is gathering his friends together in this deep, dark moment in his life, facing the cross. His soul being crushed to the point of death under the weight of what he will endure for your sake and my sake. And he gathers his disciples and he says, pray with me. Pray with me. We know, of course, the disciples fell asleep. Yet, Jesus still goes to the Lord in prayer and he is pleading with the Father. And what is Jesus' prayer? It says, going a little further, he fell face down and prayed, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. But at the end of his prayer, what is his resolution? What does he resolve? At the end of his prayer, Jesus says this, yet, not as I will, but as you will. Lord, if there is any way for this cup to pass from me, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. You see, prayer is not how we change God. Prayer is how God changes us. Prayer is how we align our soul with God's heart. It's how we align our thoughts, our will, our emotions, our desires. It's how we align them with God's heart, with God's will, with God's thoughts, with God's plan, with God's purpose. Notice that the apostles, they do not pray for God to change the external circumstances. Which is honestly what I would be praying for. I would be praying, God, would you silence these, these people? Or would you bring new leaders into power that are, aren't going to persecute us and, and put us on trial? We, we, know, we know that they're serious about their threats. We know they're not empty threats, God, because look at what they did to Jesus. Yet they are not praying for the external circumstance. They're not praying for God to change their situation and circumstance. Why? Because again, they trust in the sovereignty of God. And so they say, if God, if you have allowed this, then we trust that it is part of your good and perfect and sovereign plan. So they don't pray for God to change the external circumstances. They say, if God has allowed this, we will trust in him and we will trust in his plan. Yet, what is it that they pray for? They pray that in the midst of the hardship that they would remain faithful to God. That they would remain strong, that God would grant boldness to them, that God would work miracles through them in the face of the opposition and the persecution and the hardship. And I would submit to you, dear brothers and sisters, that this is what we should be praying for in this time as well. That just as the apostles in the midst of this hardship and this difficulty that they went to the Lord in prayer and they did not ask God to remove the hardship or difficulty from their life, but they trusted in the good and the perfect and the sovereign plan of God. And instead of praying for God to change what was happening out there, they asked for God to change what was happening in here, that God would grant to them boldness, that God would empower them to be faithful, that in light of whatever would come their way, that they would not waver, that they would not falter, that they would not turn their back on Christ, but that God would sustain them in the midst of it and that they would shine as lights for the glorious and wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And this, dear brothers and sisters, is what we should be praying for as well. Lord, in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of this sickness, in the midst of this chaos, in this turmoil, in this economic collapse, in the midst of the fear that is gripping our nation, God, that you would grant to us to be faithful to you. Lord, that we would be salt and that we would be light and that we would shine as as lights for you in this world and that we would be witnesses. And God, that you would do miracles and that you would do signs and that you would do wonders and that Jesus would be glorified in the midst. Not that that you would change what is happening out there, but Lord, we trust that your plan and that your ways are perfect, though we may not understand them. We trust that you are sovereign. But Lord, help us. Grant to us to be faithful to you. Do you see how this speaks to our current moment? With the external circumstances that we are facing, listen, you can trust in the sovereign plan of God. We can have peace because we know that God is perfect, but we should go to the Lord in prayer often to realign our will with God's will To realign our plan with God's plan. To go before the Lord and and like the man who had a sick son who went to the Lord and asked for him to heal his son. He said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, I believe in you and I I trust in you. But Lord, there's parts of me that don't understand. And there's parts of me that, that are overwhelmed with fear and worry and anxiety sometimes. So Lord... I believe in you and I trust in you and I know that you are good and I know that you are sovereign. But Lord, help me in my unbelief. Help me in my weakness. Help me in my frailty. And what do we know? We know that the Lord is an ever-present help in our time of need. And here we see that the Lord responds to their prayer and how does he do it? This brings us to the fourth point today is that they were filled again with the Holy Spirit. Verse 31 says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Listen, there is an outpouring of God's Spirit for you today. This language that's used, these words that are used here in Acts chapter 4, they're the exact same words that were used in Acts chapter 2 where God poured out his spirit and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. Yet this time they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Listen. God will fill you with his spirit today to enable you with whatever it is that you need to be faithful to him today. It's not just about a one-time event that happened a long time ago. I was filled with the spirit when I was 14 or 20 or whatever. No, there is an infilling of the Holy Spirit available to you today. It's not just about what happened back then. Listen, God can fill you again with his spirit right now. If you will go to the Lord in prayer the same way the apostles did, listen, you can expect the same results because God is not a a respecter of persons. That there is an infilling of the Holy Spirit available to you today, I believe specifically for this season to grant you to be faithful to the Lord, to help you to rise above the circumstance, that you would not succumb to fear, worry anxiety doubt and unbelief but that through the power of the holy spirit as you turn to the lord in prayer that the holy spirit will lift you up above the fear the worry the anxiety and that god would carry you through the wind of his spirit listen call out to god today call out to him and ask him for this infilling of the holy spirit ask him to fill you every day it's available to you. It's not a one time event. This is a multiple infilling of the Holy Spirit that's available to you and to every single believer. So, this is what we must do as God's people. In times of trial, in times of hardship, in times of difficulty, We go to the Lord in prayer. We gather friends who love us and will pray with us if we can on the phone, on FaceTime, on Zoom, on whatever we can do. And this is not a long, drawn-out prayer. I want you to see this. This wasn't a a 10-day meeting that they had. This was was just a, a simple prayer. Lord, we trust in you. We trust in your sovereign plan. And Lord, help us to remain faithful to you and to speak your word with boldness. Listen. We must engage the Spirit. We must enter into God's presence. We, we must not only be tuned into what's happening in the natural, we must go to the Lord in prayer. We must trust in the sovereign plan of God and in the goodness of God. And that even though God's thoughts are beyond our thoughts, we still say, Lord, today I'm choosing to trust in you. Lord, I don't understand what is happening in the world, but I trust that you will work it for my good and for your glory. And Lord, help me to be faithful. Help me to live a righteous and holy life and to be a witness in this time and in this season. And if you will do that, you can expect a fresh outpouring, a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit in your life to enable you, to empower you, to live the life God has called you to live. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you speak to our hearts. Lord, I thank you for the people of God, Destiny Church that have assembled here today. Lord, though our heart's desire is so much so to be together in the same physical space, We trust in you. We trust in your plan. We trust in your purpose. Lord, though these external circumstances are not what we would choose, we submit our will and we say, not my will, but yours be done. We say, your kingdom come and your will be done. So Lord, help us Help us in this moment of need. We are a needy people. Lord, the marriages, that you would strengthen them today. Lord, that husband and wife would not be at each other's throats, but that they would come together in love and unity. Lord, that children would obey their parents and respect their parents. Lord, that fathers and mothers would love and care for their children and that we would see them as a blessing and not as a burden. Lord, for those that live alone and feel isolated, Lord, that a special, uh, tangible, felt presence from you would fill their home right now. Lord, that they would be aware of your presence, and that even though they are separated from the people that they love, We are never separated from you. Would help us to be faithful to you in this time and in this season. And may you be glorified in our lives and in our world. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.